0: finding a dress shirt that fits is hard collars are too tight sleeves are too long something is always not right well ordering a custom fit shirt has never been easier thanks to proper cloth at propercloth.com you can easily create a custom shirt in seconds just by answering 10 easy questions not only does proper cloth make it easy to create your custom size they make it really simple to completely customize your shirt to get the style you want want a bigger pocket or a bigger left cuff for your watch customize over 30 different style points to get the exact style you want or a like from hundreds of pre-designed shirts proper cloth shirts are completely custom and made for you and they start at just $80 so you're guaranteed to find a style you love with the quality that doesn't break the bank stop wearing shirts that don't fit start looking your best with a custom fitted shirt go to propercloth.com pff today enter gift code pff20 to save $20 off your first shirt Welcome in to 241 Drafts. Austin Gill here with Mike Renner, ready to talk Senior Bowl, baby. We'll be down there in Mobile. We're going to preview position by position, names we like, names we're interested to see, some matchups to look at for sure, and some risers. Maybe some risers as well. And risers, We're going to talk some risers at the bottom. Potential risers. Potential risers. We haven't done any. They haven't practiced yet. Exactly. We'll definitely have a ton of content next week on PFF.com and the podcast. We're going to do three podcasts next week. Not two. We're going three. We might be moving three soon after that as well. It's going to be exciting. We're really looking forward to Mobile, so let's just go ahead and get right into it. Let's start with the quarterback position. We're going to go offense, then defense, starting with quarterbacks. Let's go ahead and bring me a little bit here on Anthony Gordon. What's your take on him so far? I know, I feel like all the passing yards, all that stuff in the Washington State offense, I, yeah. I've seen some people look, you know, liking what he's bringing to the table, but again I think you some of I'm that's Gardner
1: Minshew. Yeah, let's say, you know I'm not his biggest fan. Uh, I just don't think the decision making is nearly on the same level if Gardner Minshew now obviously can make himself some money uh, with the strong performance there, but I just I haven't seen it quite with him. I think Of this quarterback group there, he is clearly uh, in a tier below guys like Justin Herbert, Jordan Love maybe even Jalen Hurts in mm-hmm. my mind in terms of pro prospects.
0: So let's let's stay on that top three there. I think those are the three most important names that are going to be in the quarterback group at the Senior Bowl. Justin Herbert, who's kind of a late declaration. I think he's easily the best quarterback prospect. One of the best prospects that's going to be down there in yeah. Mobile. Every team will be looking at Justin Herbert, yeah. especially those at the top of the first round looking to bring in a quarterback that's not named Joe Burrow or to Tua Tagovailoa. And with mm-hmm. Justin Herbert, I think he has a huge opportunity to rise here because if there's one thing Justin Herbert's good at is showing off his arm on air and i think he's got one of the most the best arms best arm talent in this class i think he has a huge opportunity at the senior bowl to really you know blow away some coaches and have them fall in love
1: yeah i think this reminds me kind of that 2016 quarterback class i believe it was when uh It was, uh, I think, like Cody Kessler down there, a handful of other like kind of like mid-round guys, and then Carson Wentz. Mm -hmm. And Carson Wentz just looked like he was on another level physically from the rest of the quarterbacks down there. Here I got the list in front of me now. Jeff Driscoll, Kevin Hogan it was, uh, and Cody Kessler on uh, on that North squad. Pretty rough. Uh, in terms of the quarterback position, but that's why he stood out and he really made himself some money. I could see that being the case for Justin Herbert in that because so much of it, like you said, is against air. It's not really, you're not seeing blitz packages. You're not seeing a lot of stuff you'll see on Sundays or even on Saturdays. They have to play single high looks, single high safety looks, it's either cover one or cover three. You know what you're getting, and so you should be able to carve it up. And I think when, in a situation like that with Justin Herbert, he will by far look the best of the group there, even if the tape uh, shows some issues. All right. detailed. Let's talk to the other quarterbacks here, too.
0: Jordan Love has been pegged as his back end of the first-round quarterback mm-hmm. because of that ceiling he does have. The tools are easy to fall in love with. The high end is very nice. The low end, not so great. You look at him as a prospect that does have a low floor in the NFL. Where are you at right now with Jordan Love, and what opportunity does he have
1: at the Senior Bowl to kind of rise his stock or kind of cement his stock as this back-of-the-first-round player? I think the biggest thing he can prove is that his technique and his fundamentals are he's got them down pat a little better than he showed during the regular season this year because he was all over the place with his footwork at times Uh, i think you just saw him get lazy and get sort of trust his arm too much and not step into every throw and that cost him i mean he had a you know top five in terms of turnover worthy plays in all of college football this past season because of some of that and so i do think that You'll see with him. Uh, the biggest thing he can prove is just that that's all cleaned up. He, he's not throwing off platform. You know, he's not trying to make plays uh, that he just simply can't make. He trusts. Uh, you know, if he trusts his arm, trusts his uh, sort of footwork and uh, technique there that's the biggest thing he can prove to NFL evaluators.
0: Alright, last quarterback I want to bring up here. I know there's a, some other, Steven Montez, Shea Patterson, but of that group, I really need yeah. to talk Jalen Hurts. Because yeah. Jalen Hurts, I think, is this kind of a polarizing player, largely because, and I've been asked this on, a, on several like radio hits in recent weeks, is that Jalen Hurts, is there an opportunity for him in the NFL now that Lamar Jackson has had this success as like a mobile first type of quarterback? With Jalen Hurts, mm-hmm. though, he's not even in the same ballpark of athlete as Lamar Jackson, and he's not even in the same ballpark as a passer. I, I think yeah. He's not just a tier below what Lamar Jackson is. Maybe two tiers below what Lamar Jackson brings to the table. And with that being said,
1: do you see a role for him in an NFL in an NFL offense like Greg Roman's potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where he has to go. Yeah, of course, that, that's what he has to do. And I think that's this setting is not going to be great for him. It's <laughs> not. He's not going to look good uh, in a you know one on one sort of setting or in this uh, an offense where he's not his legs aren't a weapon. Uh, I just don't think he has the accuracy, arm strength, that sort of stuff. That's going to wow any evaluators. It's just not going to happen. Uh, two of his biggest strengths, his legs and his ability to protect the football, just really aren't going to come out over a setting like this. So I don't think this is going to be great for him. But it's necessary because I do think that you know NFL evaluators, NFL evaluators Jesus, excuse me, are going to be looking <laughs> and saying, "Hey, can can I fit this guy in my offense if I'm not running?" Like you mentioned, like a great if you're not using him as a rushing threat, can he pass? Can he hold his own as a passer? Uh, and so if you're someone like, you know... The New England Patriots, can he be a backup to Tom Brady? I don't think he can be, but I'm just saying that could, this is where he could prove that to NFL evaluators.
0: Let's go ahead and go to the running back position. The quarterback would definitely be interesting. I think Justin Herbert and Jordan Love will draw the most attention. Jalen Hurts right after that. He's an Alabama guy. I think a lot of the fans will be excited to see Jalen Hurts. One thing I'll say on him, and I don't think this can be understated really, is that everywhere I've heard, Dane Brugler brought this up when we had him on the podcast, an awesome dude. Like the character, like you know, character evaluation is. Through the ch- you know, off the charts, really, through the roof with Jalen Hurts. I think that's where he has potential to really wow mm-hmm. some coaches and some scouts, the so guys who do talk to Jalen Hurts and then start to think about where they can involve him in the offense. All right, let's go to the running back position. This is an unfortunate one because my favorite running back that was going to the Senior Bowl is no longer going, Zach Moss of Utah. He's the highest-graded running back in PFF's system, including all running backs at the FBS level that had over 300 offensive snaps this year. Great at forcing missed tackles great lateral agility, a guy that I comped to Cadillac Williams on the previous podcast, Mm -hmm. will no longer be there. And now, looking at this group of running backs, I think names that pop out to me, Eno Benjamin is somewhat of a fun player for Arizona State playing in the Pac-12. I also turned on Darius Anderson's tape of
1: TCU, who I thought had some juice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where
0: are you at with the running back group here for the Senior Bowl? So here's the
1: thing. Running back is the least valuable, or like the least that position that you can glean any information on. It's ball. yeah. It's just so difficult uh, to sort of get a feel because one, you're not tackling, <laughs> you know, in practices, you're not bringing these guys down. So guys that are elusive or uh, you know do do win in that sort of manner, you just all of a sudden don't really see it. Now you can kind of glean their vision. Uh, it helps in the running backs versus linebacker one on one some degree. Can a guy catch? But it really. The tape that you get on running backs over the course of their season is far, 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 far more valuable than anything you're going to see the weekend Mobile. So of all the positions, running back, uh, not super exciting. But I will say, you know, Benjamin uh, is interesting to me because he reminds me a lot of Paul Perkins. Oh, but there's I'm a sorry. sort of a sliding scale of Paul Perkins to Shady McCoy, where some guys who have that sort of the jump cut kings, you know, the guys who will make you miss without even you ever touching them. Mm-hmm. That's Eno Benjamin. He's going to have missed tackles where you didn't even attempt to really attack because you didn't touch him. He's that kind of player. Uh, didn't work out with Paul Perkins. Worked out really well with Sean McCoy. So there's sort of a spectrum there that he falls on. Uh, I, I just want to see him in the one-on-ones actually against linebackers because that to me, uh, should be where he wins at the next level. To
0: give you a better idea of this class too, that without Zach Moss there, none of these running backs earned over an 80.0 overall grade and PFF grade this past season. I think of the names that do kind of wow me, I, I mentioned Darius Anderson, but LaMichael Pirine has an interesting recruiting background. He's related to Samaj P. Pirine, the Oklahoma mm-hmm. back who also played in the NFL. He's also cousins of Miles Jack. He's got a, an interesting athletic background. I think I'm excited to see if he can separate himself in that regard in some of the drills at the Senior Bowl. I think Keyshawn Vaughn, like his, Vaughn. Tape, is fun. his yeah. tape is fun to watch, uh, to quote our favorite term, they're fun to watch, but he hammers dudes, a very
1: physical guy, mm, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hammers, <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, he's <laughs> he lowers he's the a one-cut runner, Sean yes. Vaughn, very good fit for a zone scheme. He was in our top five backs mm-hmm. uh, heading into the season. He's still uh, in that sort of area. I, I think he offers uh, a lot. He's very similar to a J.K. Domin's in that they both have very good vision, both one-cut sort of guys going to get upfield, get what's blocked, and then a little bit more but both not, both not crazy dynamic mm-hmm. like on the Zach Moss, Travis Etienne, uh, Jonathan Taylor sort of explosiveness skill.
0: To uh, Tybo on that, I think running back position it, later in the podcast we're going to talk about our potential risers or guys that we think can ele- elevate themselves. Not none a lot of, of them. not none of the running backs because it's one you can't glean a ton of information from the senior yeah. bowl, and two it's not a great group without
1: Zach Moss, and I don't see a lot of them rising. And and also like a lot of these positions that you're getting sort of. Uh, more information on it's because you you don't have big sample sizes to begin with. Mm-hmm. Whether it's like an offensive tackle who hasn't faced a NFL pass rusher his whole uh, career or whether it's a wide receiver who hasn't been, you know, who's only targeted 60 times in a year. These running backs get 250 carries. You, you, <laughs> get, you get a big sample size on running backs. You, you have a good feel for them and what they've done in college football already. So a lot of these guys, uh, you don't really need more information. To comment on that, too, I had someone ask me, you know, what, what makes a senior bowl valuable?
0: What makes it important to the evaluation process? And the first part of that is this, these matchups you're able to see mm-hmm. for a group of five players or players that you don't see a lot of one-on-one interaction with. It's a huge opportunity to see how they do against some of the best competition in the country and two i do still value that opportunity to meet the players and understand the personality and see see what Your type of guy. personality dude you l- just, do we you need to bring up the love. jerry tillery interview do we okay. need to bring up there, there are don't interviews have to
1: bring up jerry tillery ever again on this
0: there, there were interviews where you start to feel like okay this yeah. is somewhat of a red flag in terms of mm-hmm. how they approach certain situations let's not dive into jerry tillery right now let's go ahead and move forward to the wide receiver position i think this is a very interesting group of wide receivers i think there are a lot of names it's that good, good group yeah there are a lot of Names that I, I really like. I think Michael Pittman Jr. is one of my favorites. I know you're a big fan of Jawan Jennings oh, of Tennessee. Juwan Colin Johnson is going to look insane. I, you can already tell that guy's going to be just bigger yeah. than everybody there. Six foot six, wherever he's um, standing with. And I, I really like James Prochet of, of SMU. I think he has he's an interesting player. Um,
1: where are you at? What were some of the names that you're looking forward to watching at the Senior Bowl? This is really a loaded group. I think a couple of the biggest names that I'm looking forward to watching is is one, Jawan Jennings, Mm -hmm. because obviously he's a favorite of mine. Went in the first round of my latest mock draft. I, I think he's that talented, but he also played a lot of the slot in Tennessee. And he's a big dude who I think can play on the outside and can win on the outside, but we just haven't really seen it. So I want to see him. He will get his chance to win there on the outside. And then I'm going to go with Liberties Antonio Gandy-Golden. Mm-hmm. I remember pre uh, before the season, where we were doing the preseason draft guide. Cam Millor, the our uh, college lead college analyst, was like, you should, you should take a look at this guy to put him in the draft guide. And I'm just like... He's not getting in the draft guide. I'm sorry. I just uh, He does not have good speed down the football field, but at the same time, he led college football, or was second in college football over the last two years in terms of deep reception. So he had a lot. Don't think he has great downfield f- speed. Don't see that being his game at the next level, but sometimes guys, sometimes I'm wrong, but you. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes guys who don't have great downfield speed can still be weapons down the football field with other things like the body control, how they, uh, you know, run routes, how they set up defensive backs and just being able to stack guys. So we'll see, he'll get his chance here to win deep down the football field against much, much better competition. Cause he only faced a couple power five schools this past year, if I recall correctly.
0: But let's dive into this closely here. Brandon, Ayuk of Arizona state. I think he's the guy I see on my time. a lot, people are kind of fall in love with his production from Arizona state. However, a big opportunity for him in my opinion yes. is to see him separate in these one-on-ones on intermediate and deep level routes because so much of his production is kind of schemed at arizona state and where he's getting targeted the football i think brandon Ayuk has a lot to prove in my opinion on how he can separate in this at the senior bowl
1: yeah i to me so we're gonna get to the risers later he's my my bet for one of the risers in this class because i just think he's so explosive and so explosive in and out of his cuts that i do believe he's He's going to look good. Mm-hmm. He's one on ones, I think. How, how? Where are you with Chase Claypool? I, oh, I chased, Chase Claypool, Notre Dame guy, six foot
0: four, two hundred thirty pounds. He's huge. Like this guy's like a big tight end almost. I don't see him playing wide
1: receiver in the NFL. So I get accused of being Notre Dame homer, and I swear I'm not because I was low on Miles Boykin last year coming out of Notre Dame. I was like, I, 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 well, even when he was drafted in the third, I didn't see him being you know that worthy of that high a pick. And Chase Claypool. I don't think he's worth a day two pick either. I just think he's like a fifth, sixth round type of guy. Like he he doesn't, he just does not get open at a high rate. And I don't even think like he's that physical. Uh, you know, two hundred thirty pounds. You'd think this guy should just be beating up college cornerbacks. And you didn't see it. Like I didn't see that consistently on his tape that physical dominance. So yeah, I'm not super high on Chase Claypool. Uh, to me, I've said his best bet is to go the. Uh, Darren Wall around mm-hmm. and just bulk up that, that's call, not even call, a bad shout all, all of a sudden call yourself a tight end you had 15 pounds you call yourself a tight end and uh, At 10 pounds, he calls paid. himself a tight end. All of a sudden, of a sudden you're dynamic, pounds. then, at yeah. that size.
0: Uh, I, I got to bring up the name Courtney Davis, because when I turn on the film, he there are some routes where you see some of this athletic ability, see some of this speed. He has good releases at the line of scrimmage. I I, I do like his footwork. However, I fall. fall. I I, follow, I, I, follow, I find myself liking what he's doing, but never seeing him come open. I think there's a chance for him to rise a little bit at the senior bowl because he'll have so many opportunities to do some of these one-on-ones, but uh, I, he needs to show me something, at this senior bowl, if I'm going to really get on board, really,
1: yeah. I mean, uh, I'm I hate to break it to you, but he's going to get a seventh uh, UDFA grade. Yeah, in the draft, I, I, I know. I know that's where you're did, leaning right did, now. Yeah. did not love his tape whatsoever to speak of it. I just some guys, if you're not, if you're not like explosive enough in a big enough package, that's Jesus. Okay, if you're, not, <laughs> if you're not like dense enough, some guys just are too skinny mm-hmm. to when they when they get contacted, uh, it. Like robs them all their speed. I don't care how fast you are. Yeah, some guys just can't fight through contact like that. To me, that was Courtney Davis's when I saw it. Let's
0: thing. go into Devin Duvernay because th- this is a g- this is a guy that had a ton of production at Texas. All of, most of it coming from the slot, free releases. He, like we've always said that if you know Jalen Rager played that position at Texas, uh-huh. he would have over two thousand receiving yards, or whatever it oh,
1: was. I don't expect this guy to have a good Senior Bowl. I yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I don't think he's that great of a route runner. Uh, to me, the comp I put him in the draft guide was Golden Tate because he does have very good ball skills. Like mm-hmm. He has very good hands, only a handful of drops his entire college career. Uh, I think th- so, three drops on 149 catchable passes in the last two seasons. That's very good but he did have more catches this year on screens than he had all, in all of 2018. He had 42 catches on screens. This wow. that was the most in the country. That's like that, insane. That's just a, an out-of-this-world number. And so when you look at his production through that sort of lens of, oh, yeah, he had 105 catches, 42 were <laughs> screens. Uh, and, yeah, he broke 23 tackles. 14 of those came after screens. It's just a little different, uh, but he, had, he does have almost a running back-esque build. And I do think that he is still... Uh, one very good at the catch point and two very good after the catch. So those two things, do. if you're going to be a slot receiver, those two things to be good at.
0: All right, we're going to go ahead and touch on one of my one of my guys that I think is going to be a riser. We'll talk about him in detail later, but Antonio Gibson of Memphis. Ooh. This guy's a wide receiver, running back hybrid, similar to what like kind of Tony mm-hmm. Pollard was. Um, but he's listed as a running back on the Reese's Senior Bowl website. Yeah, but he played wi- a mostly wide receiver at Memphis. Played a ton of kick returner there too. He's a very versatile player. Six foot two, two twenty, fast. I think very athletic. I don't. He's not. I, I wouldn't call him polished at any position, but he's yeah. very good at a lot of positions because of athletic ability. I think. He's going to take some snaps at receiver, take some snaps at running back, and they are going to be guys that are start to see him in this Tony Poehler role at the next level. I think Antonio Gibson's a fiery
1: guy that um, could have some success at the same I Bowl. think that's, goddamn, that's the future. Get mm-hmm. a guy who's a wide receiver and has wide receiver skills and then throw him at running back. Yes. That's a lot easier to teach than to teach a running back how to catch football.
0: I reached out to him and asked him, like, "Hey, I see you're listed at running back, even though like he, I literally, I don't think he had more than thirty carries than uh, at the running back position yeah. at Memphis. I will say this: if you reduce this, uh, the attempt count, the attempt qualifier, and, and PFF Ultimate, you'll see that he has the highest force miss tackles per touch of any running back if you have it at those carry count. And he's a guy that's very dynamic, forces missed tackles after the catch and when handed the football. And when I reached out to him, I said, what are you going to do? He's like, I don't even know, man. I mean, I'm going to do a lot of different things. So uh, I think the NFL teams will like him. I need to know where you're at with Van Jefferson. There are guys that are pushing him up to the top of day two and, and stuff like that. Van Jefferson. So I hear this about the LSU tape. Like the LSU tape, He had a, I think he had a handful of uh, two good slants against mm-hmm. Derek Stingley that he set up well with a couple outside releases and back shoulder catches. But you watch the first half of that game, watch all of his routes in the first half of that game before the, the third quarter drive that really spiked that LSU tape. He looks not good. He's not creating separation. Yeah. He's struggling against Derek Stingley. I, I do not see a consistent separator
1: in Van Jefferson yeah that's the thing is he and I think his sort of production overall is indicative of that Mm -hmm. 600 something yards this past year was the most he's had in a single season yes he was starting all the way since his redshirt freshman year back at Ole Miss and he put up more yards than DK Metcalf and AJ Brown that year who were true freshmen at Ole Miss but I I think there's also a reason why he transfers because he didn't really improve upon that to me he doesn't necessarily vary the speed of his routes well like he is if he's running down the football field it's 100 percent, and then he you know breaks on his route and there's no real sort of uh feel for how he's setting up uh those downfield routes and that you know if you're just sprinting down the football field all of a sudden the cornerback's going to be sprinting down the football field with you uh if you're not varying your speed uh, you're not you're not really selling the route so i do think that was a big thing with him and then he also is another guy who's old already 23 years old, going to be 24 before his rookie season, but he's not strong. Mm -hmm. And if you're already old and not strong, it's a bad combination to have because you had four years, excuse me, five years now in a college college weight room and you couldn't put on enough to be like, to, to be a, you know, probably should be at his size 6'2". Two, two. He should probably be about 2'10". You'd mm-hmm. like a receiver to be at that size, and he's not. So that's that's concerning to me. And I've watched more of his tape
0: beyond that LSU game, and I still run into those same issues, where you're looking at a guy that there's a couple routes a game where you you, you like what he's done, but... It's so inconsistent, like those yeah. wide receiver wins against press man or one on one coverage is so inconsistent that I find it hard to really gonna
1: get on board with Van Jefferson. To me, nice day three guy.
0: At yeah. This point. All right, uh, two more receivers I want to touch on before we go to the tight end position. Kalijah Lipscomb. Before the season, I kind of like went head over heels because you see that there's this one reception he has in 2018 <laughs> where he, he takes it on a screen and makes up. like three or four dudes miss on the same play. And I'm like, oh man, this guy is fantastic after the catch. Then you go watch Kalijah Lipscomb again. Against Derek Stingley and uh, against LSU, oh my gosh, dude can't create separation to save yeah. his life. It was it was a very very bad tape, and you saw that all throughout this twenty nineteen season. I do not see Elijah Lipscomb as a guy that creates separation deep down the football field, and therefore I do not see him as a Anywhere. super valuable a super Anywhere valuable in receiver yeah, in yeah. the in the NFL. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah he's he's a late rounder. Thank will you. he have some splash plays at the senior bowl? I'll say yes, though. I, I think he will have some splash plays at the senior bowl. I'm going to say no. beat, beat on beat on a corner <laughs> or two. I think they, he ends up on one of those one
1: on one. I think the next clips. guy's got a better chance. Some splash plays.
0: Oh yeah, well Denzel Mims, I, I, the, the, the last guy we'll touch on here, Denzel Mims, a Strider limited route tree. Uh, he doesn't, you know, his yeah. change of direction isn't fantastic, but. He can get on dudes, and it's I think so he wins explicit. at the line of scrimmage pretty well. I I think straight line Denzel Mims is a fantastic player. Yeah, straight line and then up
1: in the air. Yeah, could fly. Oh man, the ball skills are he good has, too. Yeah, he he can get over the top of cornerbacks, but he's that sort of the comp I had for him in the draft guys, Braylon Edwards. Oh wow, he, he'll make that spectacular catch, but then he drop. He had like eleven drops last year. Yes, seven more this year. He's just he'll drop the easy ones, which. Some guys just are like that. Like mm-hmm. it, it, Some guys can make a circus catch with ease and then put one in his chest and he doesn't know what to do with it. That, that to me, is Denzel Mims. Uh, and then you mentioned the limited route tree is also the biggest thing. I, I need to see him run a little more varied, a little more nuanced routes here at the Senior Bowl to get on board with him any higher than you know third round at this point.
0: Yeah, well, let's go to the tight end position. It's overall not a very strong tight end class, and the Senior Bowl is kind of indicative of that. There's not a ton of great Senior Bowl talent at the tight end position, I think, the favorite for you, I know, is Jared Pinkney, But, man, does this have something to prove at the Senior Bowl? Because this production in his senior season was flat-out
1: bad. I was say, what production? There wasn't <laughs> any, dude. It just it didn't happen with him. But he had over 800 yards the season prior, back in 2018. Uh, had some really big games that year. That tape didn't just disappear. We can still go back and watch that and evaluate him. And I do think that that's far more indicative of his skill set than what we saw from him this season. I think he'll have himself... He's, he's on my pick for one of the risers here later on. Drop your comp. Drop my comp. Antonio Gates. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Maybe like Antonio Gates like five years ago. Not like Antonio Gates 10 years ago. I think ago. he's
0: like Antonio Gates five years from now. <laughs> I, I, I kind of see a lot of that in, the, in, in Jared Pinckney. Uh, two other names. Or no, three other names I want to bring up in this tight end group. I think Harrison Bryant has flashed a lot
1: at FAU. He, I, I don't think he's a bad player. I thought he was very skinny in 2018. Well, I mean, I thought he like, dude was skinny in 2018. Mm-hmm. Gonna, he, and then I thought he actually put on a good deal of weight over the course of the offseason to make himself more legit prospect. Didn't actually lose any sort of uh, explosiveness or speed. So that was very encouraging for me to see. I think he's definitely moved his way up my board, our board here at PFF with his play this past year because he looked far more dynamic, far more... Just had some power to him after the catch. Broke 12 tackles uh, this past season on 65 receptions. Went over 1,000 yards. So uh, he's the most productive tight end in the country this past year. Uh, and he definitely you know, has a chance to prove against some real linebackers here.
0: Alright, right, let's two more names. Let's talk about Josiah Degara of Cincinnati. I've had some opportunity to cover the Cincinnati Bearcats a little bit and talk yeah, to Josiah Degara. Lay it on me. Uh, leader. I'll say that first mm-hmm. and foremost. He's a big leader in the locker room, commanding presence. This is a guy that like brings the offense together. They started Desmond Ritter in 2018. He obviously played in 2019 as well. But like Degara was the leader, not the quarterback. Like He was the guy on yeah. the offense. And, and Degara, so much production on play-action boots. He knows how to find openings in zone. I think he's also pretty good after the catch. A guy that was a low-star recruit that goes to Cincinnati And has good production in my opinion in the AAC. I think he's a potential riser, not a riser to day two or like this like Mm -hmm. crazy because he's not like a crazy athlete, but I think he's a riser in how he'll impress scouts and what they can do they see they can do with him on these play action passes and stuff. And that's what so much of the tight end position is. Like, find a guy that if you do put him in these this role of like play action boots, flats and things like that, that can do something after the Mm -hmm. catch, you can start to get around him. I think Degara is one of those.
1: Yeah, I, I do think he's very hard-nosed and very mm-hmm. uh, very much a tight end that uh, you'll... Tight end coaches will love because mm-hmm. he's all effort, uh, not nearly as you know talented as probably the next guy we're mm-hmm. going to mention here as an athlete, but he works ass off. Yeah, when you
0: talk to the San Francisco 49ers tight end coach who I, I had the opportunity to speak with a little bit through Solomon Wilcox and John Embry, who's coached... Um, Obviously George Kittle, he's coached others in the past, some bigger names. I can't they're not coming to me right now. Mar- or Mercedes Lewis at UCLA. Um, he's saying Huge one of the bigger things that he's looking for in a tight end position is like this effort and because so much of that position after the catch is yeah. trying to be like this hard nosed guy and he sees that in George Kittle. I'm not sure if he's gonna see that in Degara, but Degara I think is better than maybe what some are giving him credit for. Last guy, Bryson Hopkins, when we brought on Trevor Sycoma of the draft network, this is one of his favorites. A guy from mm-hmm. Purdue, uh, a bigger dude, I think six foot five, two hundred and forty five pounds. The only concern we see from a grading profile standpoint is the drops. The drops have been a legitimate concern, I think, over 10% in his career.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, well over 10%. Yikes. And I think it's at 10% every single year of his career he's over. So it's not just like, oh, one year he had a bad mm-hmm. year. You just know he do drops a lot of football. It's something you're going to have to accept with him. But to me, he's a little bit more dynamic after the catch than someone like Noah Fant. Noah Fant great in a straight line. Uh, not going to shake you to save his life, really. But I, I think Hopkins has a little more shake to him. Uh, but yeah, definitely eight drops on 69 catchable this past year. Four on 38 catchable the year before that. And then seven on 32 catchable backs as a sophomore 2017. All right. It's time to dive into the offensive Wait, line. I just want to throw out Adam Troutman, the Dayton tight end. We really haven't gotten to him because we mm-hmm. don't have the... Uh, that all twenty two just yet mm-hmm. coming soon, uh, but he's he's guy that I've heard from pretty much everyone that he looks like could be the type, tight end in this class. So we'll have to watch it. Really, the top on, tight end in this yeah, class. Dayton, wow.
0: All right. Dayton, well, Jordan. it reminds me of uh, when we were waiting for um, Goder. Not Goder. Godert. Dave. We were yeah. waiting for Godert's Dave. I think yeah. that's it. There you go. He graded so well against the FCS. Yeah. I remember when we were doing the grades. That's that's funny. All right. Let's go to the offensive line class and um, move on from the Dayton tight end here. Start start with Trey Adams guy that's battled injuries. He's got some bad tape on his film. There's some games where you're like, man, I don't know if I could draft this yeah. guy on day two. But there are some tools that you can like. Six foot eight, 314 pounds, long arms. Is, this, is is some of the flaws coachable? Or are there things where if you could bring him in and he could be a starting off to tackle in the NFL?
1: Yeah, I just don't... The flexibility there is a concern with me. He, he really, one with all the injuries piling up and that sort of thing, not going to help. But I, it just any guy with... Some speed really has given him fits over the years. And so I, I do think we've seen enough of him that I'm not sure if he goes over there and performs lights out that he's all of a sudden going to shoot up our board. But I do think he needs to go there and perform light. Like he needs to get himself back because he was first round conversation three years ago. I mean, if he didn't get hurt, what was that back in 2017? He would have been in the 2018 draft. So uh, I, I do think that he, he definitely needs to have a much much better performance than we saw from at times this year or else he might not even be you know second rounder at this point he might be third fourth round kind of guy
0: Let's go to the Clemson offensive tackle, Tremaine Ancrum. He probably won't play tackle in the NFL, though. This guy's probably getting kicked inside. Six foot two, 310 pounds. I think he had some some very good tape at Clemson, though. I think he held his own well. I think going to guard at the next level gives this guy a better ceiling in the NFL.
1: Yeah, and he's one, when you're switching positions, it's always going to be important to see how you do at that new position. So I do think that watching him at guard in the one-on-ones, which I I fully assume he's going to play guard 6'2", he's listed at. So he's... You better have, and he does have long arms for being 6'2", but not long enough to overcome that and still stay at tackle. So uh, he did hold his own pretty well all the way up until the Ohio State game when he went up against Chase Young, but no one holds their own against Chase Young. So I'm not going to hold that one against him too much. Uh, Didn't give up uh, multiple pressures in any game besides that Ohio State game all year long.
0: Go Moving forward a little bit here, go, g- give me Ben Bredesen. I think he's the guy that before the season, even in early parts of the season, there were draft scouts and pundits looking at him as one of the better interior offensive mm-hmm. linemen in this class, but you've always been – a little bit away from that take you're not super on board with him i know he's a blue, he's coming from a blue blood school he's coming from this you know big yeah.
1: program but when you turn on the tape you don't really like what you see i just he doesn't have the he doesn't le- out leverage a lot of guys he gets out leverage he's not a line of scrimmage mover by any means in the running game now he's very technically sound in pass protection that showed up this year only nine pressures allowed all season long but when he went up against a guy uh, in Penn State whose name escaped me, who's also Robert Windsor, mm-hmm. he, he just got bull rushed a ton back into the quarterback in that game, four pressures allowed against Penn State because just high cut. I, I don't see the sort of power there to hold up against the bull rush. But he has, he has played really well this past season, did move up my board a little bit, but I still just don't see the power there that I'm going to covet highly at the guard position. He's probably, to me, more of like a fourth round kind of guy at this point
0: can we jump to keith ishmael of san diego state mm. big big fan I, I was talking to eric eager our data scientist who works on a lot of the college to pro stuff and he looks at how offensive linemen perform in true pass sets which take away screens yeah uh play action stuff like that. the
1: best ever not the best oh, ever okay. one
0: of the better one of the better guys attending the best senior bowl and i think that's reflected seniors. in his pff pass blocking grade and going to san diego state as well you know this guy's a, a trench warrior. and One of the few San Diego State players that is declaring early. I think this guy, Ooh. I mean, Keith Ishmael, i I'm See, I haven't watched board. them
1: because I just, on principle, don't watch San Diego State. See, they that's don't have where real you're wrong. That's so where I you're just wrong. just assume that he's probably not that good. Well, no, you're in it. I'll I'll end up I'll I'll let you I'll let you guys know next week what I think. We'll Keith of
0: Keith Ishmael. All right, let's go. I mean, Josh Jones. I mean, this guy is probably the, the crown jewel of this offensive line class attending the Senior oh, yeah. Bowl. This guy has a chance to go in the first round, if not, maybe even the top half of the first round, if he has a good enough Senior mover. Bowl. I think. I mean, he's a mover up boards. Very athletic, sloppy from a technique standpoint, but that can get coached up. He's, what he's you're he's drafting kind of, yeah.
1: is a very good athlete at six foot seven, three hundred ten pounds. Yeah, who's all who's already. Productive is also like a thing I yes. think matters. If, if you even when you don't have good technique or you know sort of textbook technique, whatever you want to call that, even when you don't, are you getting the job done? Are you finding a way to win? He has, you know, as well as you know, actually better than any other uh, non-power five tackle we've ever graded in our six years of doing this. So he has been utterly dominant this past season at Houston. Uh, obviously got injured towards the end of the year, didn't play the last handful of games, but hopefully he's back healthy here at Senior Bowl because. Think he's going to be making himself some dollars. Similar to Andre Dillard last year, who went up some boards into the first round.
0: Let's go to Oregon. Shane Lemieux, interior offensive lineman, six foot four, three hundred and sixteen pounds. Oregon had a very good offensive line this year, and he was one of the bigger
1: parts of it. I think he's not gonna be there to be
0: Really? Honest, is right? he not going there I anymore? I think he got removed from oh, the roster, man.
1: unfortunately.
0: That is a huge concern. They they're moving up and they're moving people in and out of this roster. Shane Lemieux, though,
1: I had a, you gotta I had to crack up on the very first play of the season. flip on tape, very first play of the season. He literally so it's a screen. He literally grabs the defensive tackle from Auburn from the by the back of the helmet and throws him to the ground. I was just like offensive line coach sees that they're probably just like
0: all ready to go <laughs> <laughs> speaking of guys that offensive line coaches are going to fall in love with Logan Stenberg of Kentucky who's been like voted as like the meanest player in the yes. SEC the most they call him, I, I was reading an article and well um, I do a lot, like do a lot of the background stuff looking at these players for the draft guide which you can see on the ticker below if you are watching us on YouTube these are all the profiles that will be in the uh, first edition of the draft guide for yes. 2020 this offseason but Logan Stenberg they call him Mr. Nasty because the guy just beats up on dudes I mean this guy's a very not mean player I don't think that I think that has a negative connotation obviously but between the whistles and sometimes a little bit after it this guy's a this guy's a rude dude and I think you don't hear a lot about an offensive lineman that trash talks, but they they interviewed like his teammates and his
1: coaches and they said yeah. the dude talks trash constantly and I'm all for Logan Stamburg. He only gave up one pressure all season long. Now they didn't pass a ton <laughs> Kentucky there. But Lynn Bowden, With no. Lynn Bowden. But only one pressure is still pretty impressive on two hundred eighty five pass blocking snaps. I'm
0: sure when <laughs> Lynn Bowden <laughs> got back there at quarterback, he's like, dude, I'm gonna be run blocking all season long.
1: Yeah. Here we go. They, yeah, he was licking his chops. But 14 penalties this past year and 10 the year prior. The dude uh, is a walking liability from a penalty perspective. Very much so, but it's because, he, it's because he's not going to let go of you. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's why. It's because you're going to, get like off, to lose. try I to mean, get off the block and he's not going to let you. Yeah. And then he's going to put you in the turf. Uh, I, th- I think I said in a previous podcast that he leads the... Leads the nation in pancakes that just didn't matter whatsoever to the play. There are going
0: to be a handful of players talking trash at the Senior Bowl. Some of them you'll hear, and I think Stenberg's going to be one of them. And those one-on-ones, I'm ready to hear some trash talk yeah. from Stenberg. Last offensive lineman I want to touch on is Prince Tegumanoho of Auburn. I-, I saw him against Clavon Chason, and I, I think there were a couple reps that I really liked. There was also a handful where Klayvon yeah. uh, uh, Chason beat him bit, beat him a bit. I think he's a guy that needs to improve from a technical standpoint significantly. A little bit more raw, though, when I even say compared to Josh Jones. I wouldn't yeah. even put him in the same level no, as Josh Jones. No, he's not
1: that level of athlete. He doesn't have the quick feet. Like, mm-hmm. He just is a plotter. And you can win as a plotter in the NFL. You don't have to be. I mean, Mitchell Schwartz, the, you know, one of the best right tackles, if not the best right tackle in the NFL, had just got awful testing coming out of, what was it, uh, Oregon that he came out of. They mm-hmm. just You don't have to necessarily be, but you better be pretty darn perfect. Uh, in the rest of the stuff if you're not. And it's concerning that he took a step back for, for uh, this past season. Past blocking grade went from 88.4 in 2018 to 76.3 this year. So I kind of soured on him because I thought, you know, he's the guy who hadn't played offense line until he stepped foot on campus at Auburn, was a defensive lineman only for one year in high school, didn't really play football growing up. And so, uh, I don't know. I, I just I don't, I don't think the athleticism is quite there and the fact that he sort of plateaued is also concerning. That's going to do it for offense on the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Looking forward to a lot
0: of those guys. I think the receiver group of all of those is where I think there's a Give ton yourself. of opportunity to see some guys rise. And I, I think they're going to be. Th- there's going to be a huge opportunity to put some exclamation points on evaluations for those guys, like mm-hmm. Aban Jefferson, Denzel Mims, Kalijah Lipscomb. The exclamation point won't be good, but it'll be interesting to see where he, what he does at the Senior Bowl. I think this rec- wide receiver group is what I'm really most looking forward to when we do get down to Mobile. But that's going to do it for offense. Defensively, though, this defensive line there's there's some yeah. names in this defensive line group that I, I kind of like. Bradley, an A or an I? I apologize. I, I, I'm dropping on him a little bit. I think oh. I, I'm dropping on an I a little bit. I, I think oh, the the athleticism scares me. I mean, the athleticism That's scares right. me with an I, and yeah. when you lack that explosive ability and explosive first step. And I know he was injured late in the season, but I mean, there there's some things like very technically sound. You like his hands, you like how he can win, but when you don't have that like level of athlete, it's hard to project like a good ceiling for this guy at the next level.
1: Yeah, so he has though beaten up Trey Adams from Washington, mm-hmm. beat up Austin Jackson from USC. Like these are top tackles that you don't you know you don't always face a lot of top tackles. He did fairly well against those guys, and also had a couple reps uh, against Penny Sewell. Uh, that were good as well in the Oregon game. Obviously didn't uh, get the better of Penny Sewell. No one did this year, but he did a couple of reps in that game. So I do think when you look at that, it's a, it's a little more encouraging. The mm-hmm. fact that he's done it against NFL talent, and obviously he'll get his chance to do it uh, at the Senior Bowl as well to prove that. But I do think he could have himself a nice week. I'm interested to see I think he has the opportunity to,
0: to rise I mean because the one-on-ones if you can't win in the one-on-ones and you start yeah. to see that his
1: low-level Athleticism show up there that's gonna be a huge problem. He also never came off the field at Utah He had over 400 pass rushing snaps Which is like league. you like you're close to the FBS lead if you're over 400 pass rushing snaps He had all all the last three seasons like he was just on the field every single play for the Utah defense which You know Chase Young was not even close to 400 pass rushing snaps this year. Like that is tough to do uh, at any level to just stay on the field like that.
0: Yeah, going to have to watch Bradley and I at the Senior Bowl. Let's go to uh, Raekwon Davis. Uh, He was a name that I was expecting to be high in mock drafts this time, but I think people are coming around on Raekwon
1: Davis, seeing that maybe he doesn't have that potential to be an elite pass rusher at the next level. I always get scared about guys who, not necessarily like it, who plateau. In college. And we have almost the exact same grade on Raekwon Davis each of the last three seasons. Like, you, ha- with how big the leap is from college to the NFL, uh, and just, we've seen it all the time, we talk about on the rookies, uh, when we talk about the rookies, it's just that there's so few of these guys are good. Like, when they hit the NFL. And so how much you do have to still improve once you get there, If you have, and so Raekwon Davis, 84.9 overall grade in 2017, 81.9 2018, 81.2 this past year, and pretty much like identical in terms of run, good run defense grades, pretty rank average pass rushing grades. That's concerning. Mm -hmm. Like that's just, that's not the profile of a first rounder. That's not even the profile of a second rounder in our opinion. That's probably a third, fourth round type of guy uh, with just, you know, how he's plateaued uh, as a football player. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. All right, next guy. We're going back to Utah, moving from Bradley Knight to Leckie Fotu, an absolute motorhome in the middle of a defensive line, future NFL defensive line, six foot five, over 330 pounds. Won't be a guy that. Aaron Donald-esque beats, uh, beats his block early in yeah. the snap to, to pressure the quarterback, but he can push the pocket. He showed that in some games this year, but one thing he's going to do at the next level and very capable of doing is two-gapping in the run game and being a part yeah. of, a, of a defense like what we've talked about with the Baltimore Ravens, who's trying who are trying to put defensive linemen on the football field that can play that level, play the run to that level and free linebackers up. And Lecky Fotu, I think you've highlighted him as a riser and you'll bring that up later, but Lecky Fotu is legit in terms of what he can do. He does it well.
1: Yeah, I think he can offer something as Pass rusher, they really didn 't ask him to do that this past year they, they didn 't have him in situations that I thought uh, I, I think he has a good enough get off if you just ask him to sort of penetrate, he can get in the backfield pretty much anytime he wants he wasn 't asked to penetrate at utah 's past year really asked to reblock. you know stand up. Uh, play the run first and then rush the passer and so only had 19 pressures back in 2018 he had a little more freedom had 35 pressures that season had a much better uh, year overall so I do think that there there exists some capability for him to be this nose tackle who can also affect uh, the passing game he has the traits to do so want to see it want to see it happen down in Mobile all right, Neville Gallimore of
0: Oklahoma. I, I really like Neville Gallimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, He's a guy with a good first step, a guy that can win as a pass rusher
1: early. Where are you at with him? Oh, yeah, he's one of the most athletic defense tackles in this class. You saw him make plays from the nose tackle position, sideline to sideline. I just worry about uh, lost 30 pounds over the course of the offseason. I'm not, I'm not sure he's a nose tackle anymore. I, I just don't – I'm not sure he can hold up uh, to the rigors. I Which is fine, though. I, I mean, have, if you want to play yeah. him at three technique – But I I just think he's very unpolished as a pass rusher still, still kind of going through the motions or sort of, you know, the processing of when to do X move uh, in what situation. It just seems a tick slow. And and he has all the athleticism in the world. Uh, We'll test out like a freak at the combine, but I still think he's kind of putting it all together. So to me, he's not in the first round mix for me at that point. That's more of a day two guy.
0: Moving to the two Florida edge defenders, Jabari Zuniga and Jonathan Grenard, who is higher on your board right now between the two?
1: I'm not super high on either, to be yeah. honest. I think
0: Grenard came out of the gate on fire, yeah. but it was because he was going against a bad competition. Same with Jabari Zuniga. Both of them have kind of battled injuries a little bit, but Grenard was the guy I was
1: higher on before, and now both of them have kind of fallen down yeah, a little I bit. I think both are kind of day three guys, in my opinion. Zuniga, people are going to be higher on him just because the athleticism pops off the tape. It is very, the first step is great. Uh, his agility is great. His pass rushing moves are but uh, just not good <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, he has disappeared against any sort of real offensive lineman because uh, he just doesn't have doesn't have a lot of pass rushing moves and doesn't you know employ them well. He has just been very limited in that regard over the course of his career. Obviously, he has a chance to prove himself here. I. I just don't think he will. I, I think he is one of those guys who gets kind of shut down in a situation like this.
0: Let's go to Khalid Kareem of Notre Dame. Not on the same level as Julian Aquara, Not not really close to him. But I, I think Khalid Kareem, though, I think could have an
1: opportunity at the Senior Bowl to rise up a bit. I th- Yeah, I think he's a very good bull rusher. One of the best bull rushers that's going to be at the Senior Bowl. Him and actually Alton Robinson are both very similar players. Uh, and I'd put Kareem a little bit above Alton Robinson uh, on my board. Uh, I I think he's just a very technically sound, one of those guys to where, you know, I don't want to talk about a ceiling being limited, but I just think you'll throw him in and you're not going to be upset with a guy uh, like that playing off the edge for you. He's never going to be a liability. He's going to look the part and be able to do basically any alignment you ask him to do, but I just don't think he's going to be a special sort of pass rusher. Probably one of the better players
0: along the defensive line. that will be at the senior bowl. Javon Kinlaw is also going to be there. He's going be to win some one on ones.
1: He actually goes there and plays because to me he's put enough on tape and he has the traits to where this dude should be a top ten to fifteen pick. Like he just should be at this point. He has played more than enough quality football to where you don't need to you don't need to risk your health then at that point. Going and beating up against you know a couple. FCS guards or whatever isn't going to raise your stock that much. <laughs> Why do you have to call them all
0: FCS guards? There's some good guards at that at the senior level. That was a little rude. Okay, yeah, that was rude. Some D3 guards. There's a D3 guard. there. Jeez, you're you're being you're just being aggressive right now. All right, last guy uh, on, la, Last guy on the defensive line group here, Robert Windsor of Penn State. You said you know
1: there are some plays with Windsor that he's he's won pretty impressively. Yes. So as a pass rush, he's. He's one of the better bull rushers on the interior in the nation, which is kind of surprising because he's only 285 pounds listed That He's not a big dude whatsoever. Uh, Very flexible, very active hands. But, man, he he can't play the run in the interior in the NFL. He is going to get his ass handed to him uh, against double teams (laughs) and against one-on-ones. He, to me, has a very legit chance of doing the Anthony Zettel, which not to the same school scout someone, but like of actually moving from three-tech where he usually plays at Penn State to the edge a little more, maybe a bit, maybe like a 3-4 defensive end, maybe like a Malik Jackson role where you're over the tackle more so than you are uh, on the interior just because uh, he will not be good against the run. He just he doesn't have it. Uh, he doesn't have the juice in the pants to hold up against uh, you know, double teams. So I do think that uh, he could go to town, though, in the one-on-ones as a pass rusher. Alright, time for linebackers. Let's go to
0: it. Zach Bond is a guy that I'm seeing right now even mocked at the back end of the first round. Top yes, of the second round, sure. uh, people are really excited about his versatility. He played a lot of edge defender at Wisconsin. I think the comp to Joe Showbert is very, very easy. Not to again, same school scout, but they do a lot of the same but not things. Same race,
1: so yeah,
0: th- th- so that, that, that cancels it. That does can, I think that does cancel. it. with Zach Bond, uh, he played a ton of edge defender, and I thought he had some very nice, impressive pass rush wins. Yeah. and playing off ball linebacker, I think he does have enough athleticism to play coverage. Six foot three, two hundred thirty five pounds. If he shows up at that weight, even closer to two thirty. He's playing off-ball linebacker at the next level. Yes.
1: And, and I think that is the position in a versatile role where he can have success. Well, that's what I want to s- He actually, so when Joe Schoever went to the combine, I'm like, I need to see him actually rush the passer more to see what he can do there. Uh, and they didn't actually. They had him as an off-ball and only let him rush like four or five times in the one-on-ones. Bond, I need to see him in the one-on-ones at, in coverage because I do think he's very much an off-ball linebacker, has all the skill to be a very good one. Just want to see a little? Just want to glean a little more information there. Uh, see him against the running backs and the tight ends and the one on ones.
0: Moving forward to Francis Bernard, um, graded really well in coverage. He's got three years of very good grading as a coverage linebacker. I think the concern that pops up with him is I think he's almost twenty five years old. Damn it! He had like a two year mission trip. I think before he, when he was with mm-hmm. BYU and then transferred to Utah, older prospect. I think looks like a grown man on the field.
1: I think there's reasons to like his game, but how much is that age a concern for you? Yeah, age is always a concern, and that's why you got to check with Utah guys, BYU guys. He was class of 2013 coming out uh, as a prospect. So uh, I was class of 2012 in college. So he was he was very he's very on the old end here uh, in terms of prospects. But I do think uh, I I go back and forth on how much uh, that necessarily matters. It definitely does matter, though. You you have two guys. One's 25. One's 21 there's a big difference uh, that you're going to drop that 25-year-old well down your board just because, uh, I mean, that's a grown man. There's like (laughs) the the improvement you can make physically at that point. It's just very limited. So the fact of the matter is he's been very good, though, Mm -hmm. also over the course of his career at Utah. So uh, I I think it's a little overblown. Probably a third-round, fourth-round type of guy
0: on your board here. All right, I want to jump to uh, Carter Coughlin. Before the season, had an opportunity to talk to him. He said his goals were I want to be the best pass rusher in college football. Didn't quite reach that, you know, maybe not close to it, but uh, Carter Coughlin has graded well as a pass rusher in the past. Six foot three, 236 pounds. Another guy that, you know, you show up at that weight, you're not playing yeah, edge not defender at the next off-ball. level. You're going to have to play off ball linebacker. Where do you see Carter Coughlin, one, playing at the next level, and where do you see his draft stock currently? But
1: Coughlin, just, it's going to be a completely new. He, dropped in coverage 48 times this year like we just we'd have no clue what yeah. he's going to be like in coverage he is a good athlete though uh but was l- the, he had very limited length as well off the edge i thought i just don't think he's going to show up with long arms uh, and, and so if you don't have length and you're undersized that's very much a one-two punch uh, that's going to move you to off-ball linebacker so uh, I, I don't really honestly don't know what to expect from him as an off-ball linebacker i liked his movement skills but smart player very not, athletic family i believe both of his, his ball. both
0: of his parents went to minnesota i think his his mom played tennis and his dad Damn, played football
1: what you dropped the accent there the Minnesota? did i did i drop a little accent yeah.
0: i think i've been hanging out with eric too much <laughs> anyway uh but it's very athletic family i think he is going to test well for, yeah. for, for his size but so i think he's going to be a project though i mean if you're going to yeah. try and move him and play him 200 coverage snaps a year in the nfl he's got a lot to learn a lot of experience to gain let's go to jordan brooks of texas tech six foot one 245 pounds a little bit of a bigger guy compared to some of these others played very well against the run this year improved his overall grade every year of his career at texas tech all the way up to an 89.6 overall grade in 2019 did not play well in coverage though this past year he did however rush the passer at a good volume 117 total pass rushers, 44 total pressures on those pass rushing snaps i think that's impressive blitzing guy
1: where are you at with brooks yeah he's kind of a throwback he is a he's a bully at the linebacker position not much uh in terms of coverage prowess, not not that kind of athlete, but stuff that 's in front of him he he is one of the few linebackers in this class to where you don 't have that oh you got to keep him clean sort of thing if he, he's going to take on a block it 's going he 's going to win uh, against offensive linemen in the run game. he has that skill set, and like you mentioned, very good as a blitzer as well, so I think teams that you know use their sort of the Jelani Tavai mm-hmm. mold that we saw last year and uh, that the Detroit Lions coveted, uh, I think that's what Jordan Brooks brings to the table.
0: I also want to, I want to talk about um, the, the Penn State linebacker, Cam Brown. He's, uh, where are you at with him? I think there's some people who kind of like where he's going and, and a little bit of a skinnier guy, but I, I think Cam Brown is, is interesting
1: have not watched him yet.
0: I haven't watched him yet? <laughs> haven't watched Cam Brown? Alright, we'll, we'll have to dive yeah. into him. But uh, let's go ahead and go to the App State. I was talking to um, his, his agent, Akeem Davis Gaither's agent, and said this guy's a freak. Yeah, Very athletic, special guy that kind of is lost in the small school status. 6'2", two, 215 pounds. I mean, I, I really liked some of the tape I watched. I think he's he's kind of fitting the role of a modern day NFL linebacker. I mean, in terms of what he can do athletically, he, I think, is a potential riser at the Senior Bowl.
1: Yeah, I agree. He's very athletic, very explosive. He played a role at Appalachian State that was similar to what Zach Bond did in that he was rushing the passer a lot. Mm -hmm. Playing off the edge, uh, being that overhang player in the Appalachian State defense, but he is... uh, I mean, he's only 215 pounds, but... He's, he's how you should move if you're 215 pounds. He's probably going to run in the four or fives. You know He is very athletic uh, at that weight. So Put athletes uh, on, on the football I'm, field. Yeah, those those off-ball the,
0: linebackers, those types of guys that can play in the box that are athletic and are at that size, I think have value. I'm in excited today. to see
1: what he does because they, they would spot drop him a lot in that defense. He's not man coverage uh, on guys. So I want, I'm excited to see how he does in man. Some some are very big
0: fans of Malik Harrison of Ohio State. He's going to be at the senior oh, yeah. bowl, six foot three, two hundred and fifty one pounds, kind
1: of fits that older mold of a bigger linebacker. You say you're not a fan though. Not a fan. I just don't see the range of coverage. He's very good at stuff that's in front of him. He's similar to Jordan Brooks. I don't think he's nearly as explosive, as powerful as Jordan Brooks, but like he is a downhill thumper of a linebacker. He's going to, you know, annihilate you if you're running a crosser in front of him. That's who he is. But if you're asking him to go backwards in coverage... Anything behind him, uh, it was an issue for him at Ohio State. And oftentimes, they would put him as either the spy or the whole player when they played man.
0: It's funny that two linebackers we bring up that are actually like over two hundred and forty pounds, or guys that were kind of like moving away from because of these thumper style. Yeah. That like, yeah, he's a bully, but what kind Evan of value we- does Evan that have? Evan Weaver too, baby. Yeah, we, <laughs> oh, we'll get to him later. I like I, I like Evan Weaver for reasons outside of what he can do in the NFL. Yeah, but he's he's an interesting guy. Um, going to clique Hudson. This guy, I, I'm pretty sure. In twenty uh, seventeen or twenty sixteen, earned a very high. Like, he earned like one of the few ninety nine point nine overall grade single game grades oh, yeah. that we've had. But he has not performed well beyond that. His his grade has dropped every year since twenty seventeen. Uh, six foot two hundred twenty pound player, uh, kind of an interesting frame. I don't know what where he's going to play in the next level, and so,
1: I don't see where where he fits. So to me, Hudson's one of those guys to where you're going to try to make him a linebacker, kind of like a day on Buchanan, where he. He played kind of slot uh, for Michigan's defense at 220 pounds. Uh, you're going to try to make him a linebacker at the next level, but he really just doesn't have the physicality for that position. Mm-hmm. Like, like, he is not going to play the run well at linebacker whatsoever. Uh, and I didn't necessarily see a great feel for him in coverage. Uh, I, was, I think he's going to test out athletically. Uh, I, I think he's all right. I, I just I don't think he's. I think he's more of a, safe, a box safety uh, than an actual linebacker at the next level.
0: Okay. All right, next guy. uh, This uh, this is one of my favorite backstories at the Senior Bowl, even in this class. Davion Taylor of Colorado, 6'2", 225, a smaller guy. That's very, very athletic. I will say that he's a Mm -hmm. former track and field star. He even played track at at Colorado and broke some records. Not broke some records, but had some good times there. Davion Taylor in high school only played one football game. The reason was his mom or his mother was a Seventh Day Adventist where they observed the Seventh Day as something where you can't play sports. So he couldn't play sports sports from Friday night to Sunday morning and for that reason he practiced all week with his high school team and then when it came to Friday to play the game he couldn't play yeah. like that he had to walk home and he, he, there were stories where he's like under his bed crying cuz he wants to play with his foot his team it's like really sad honestly when you read into his background but there was one game first game of his senior season where the the sun didn't set till eight thirty. So she said you could play the first two quarters. He ends up playing the full game. They worked that out. He plays that. He sends that to every school he can. Obviously, he doesn't get yeah, a ton must of have offers. Been some hell of a tape. I know it should have been. Andy well, he right, t- right, apparently. I mean, you, you listen. To the coaches sound yeah. a little hyperbolic. It was the best player on the field, wherever <laughs> it was. But uh, he got to play playing that game, and then he ends up going to junior college. Plays really well there. Colorado picks him up. And he's had some good tape at Colorado. He's an athletic player. Uh, I, I see him as a potential riser at the Senior Bowl. Just He needs more reps. He needs more experience. This guy is very, yeah. very raw
1: in in terms of the level of competition he's played against and the experience he has. Yeah, and he's another guy who played uh, a lot of that overhang sort of linebacker position where you're out in the slot and then out and you come off to the edge. So those guys, a lot of times, you're you're seeing them just kind of spot drop and not do normal linebacker things. It's not really a role that exists in the NFL. So for guys that are playing that role, it's very important to see how they look actually playing a linebacker position that you'll play. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Now, two linebackers left that I want to discuss. Evan Weaver's first. One, because I love your comp. The Evan Weaver comp, the Scooby Wright, is fantastic. Evan Weaver is like this hard-nosed traditional guy, but maybe doesn't have the frame to be a thumper at the next level. But he, he's, he plays with his hair on fire. He's yeah. easy to like. I mean, we played an earlier podcast, his post-game press conference after Cal. I think lots of, lots of bad game to Arizona State or whatever. And he's just like really, really red in the face and upset. This guy's like a, fo- a, a defensive coordinator dream in terms of some guys that like just care about football but i don't see him having like a significant role at the next level to where he offers value and coverage a ton i think you'd have to get creative with his role I, I, however special teams this, special this, team. this guy could be a special teams <laughs> god
1: at the next level no it's an ace yeah, every guy's a special teams ace maven this i like is, maven too special okay. teams ace slash maven that's that's his role that, that is what evan weaver is going to be he will make a roster he'll probably stick around for eight to ten years Uh, and he'll be your top special teamer.
0: (laughs) Which isn't isn't terrible. Yeah.
1: Um with the fifths.
0: Yeah. All right, Logan Wilson of Wyoming is the last guy we want to bring up. I know you like Logan Wilson. Some Man. of the tape he's got, six foot two, torn 50 pounds, a little bit Doesn't of a does move
1: big, like he's too Yeah, which is always better, good to yeah. see because
0: the guys that move well are usually closer to 230 than they are mm-hmm. to 250. And with Logan Wilson, how well he moves, I mean, that's, that's a positive sign.
1: And good blitzer at that size. You know, can blow up a running back with ease. Uh, and made plays in coverage over the course of his career. Nine combined picks and pass breakups this past season. Uh, I think that's the most of any guy that's going to be at the Senior Bowl. So that's always encouraging when you see a guy like that. And then, obviously, level of competition is a pretty big concern with him. So facing some real competition, could move up some boards. All
0: right, now down to the defensive backs. Great preview here. We're going into Damon Arnett of Ohio
1: State. I, I, I like A lot of people like this guy. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as high, uh, but he did play all year with a cast on one of his arms and, and had his best year of his career. Uh, I I always uh, that does limit you like if you have a cast on and you're still playing at a very high level uh, I'm always curious to see what it would look like if you didn't have a cast Mm -hmm. on so he had 44.6 percent completion percentage allowed this year only 306 yards and that's through uh, you know the championship conference championship and a playoff game 14 games in the season only 306 yards pretty good numbers he definitely moved up boards with his play this year because year prior was not nearly as good all right, I think this guy is going to be
0: very fun to watch at the senior well, it's the next defensive back. He's saying Bassi of Wake Forest. He's only he's, he's barely game. hitting five foot nine, yeah. five foot eight in the six or whatever it's going to be, hundred and eighty two pounds. Obviously playing in the slot in the next level if he's playing anywhere. He could play safety. You think, uh, I think okay. he could
1: just play the safety position. I mean, uh, I think at uh, Wake Forest, he was an outside corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, the majority of his career had great ball skills. You go back to 2017, he broke up 17 passes and had three picks. I love his instincts in zone coverage. Uh, but yeah, to me, probably a safety or a slot cornerback. I, I think you could play either one of those. Uh, and offer value to the defense he actually made our last top hundred and I think he will stick in the top 100 gra- I, I, I tend to look. gravitate to the players that are smaller that have those instincts yep. that you think can
0: play that are maybe playing out of position at the college level because they're mm-hmm. playing outside corner but if you moved them into a slot slot corner role they could have think success this, yeah. I think Bassey again an, another guy that I think now now with his first opportunity to play from out away from outside corner which you probably will I think you'll see an opportunity where he could play in the NFL and therefore rise a bit mm-hmm. knowing that he can play that position with his instincts and with his skill set uh, Julian Blackman of Utah man so many Utah guys going to be there. It's going to be a family affair for Utah. Julian Blackman, I think, okay, where are you at with him? So there's Julian Blackman and there's Terrell Burgess. Yep. Terrell Burgess is more of the boxy guy who plays in the slot and, and Julian Blackman played more free safety. got injured
1: late in the year. Where, between the two, who are you higher on? So Blackman was a cornerback heading into this year, switched to safety and then started uh, at safety this year. Uh, I like his ball skills. You saw th- that coverage ability from corner translates safety as well. But I think Burgess I love what he brings as a slot and box option. He's very physical, uh, in press coverage, uh, legit uh, ability, uh, can be a weapon in that regard. And I also liked what, you know, when he was back as an, a more traditional safety, I like what I saw from him as well. So I'll go Burgess ahead of Blackman, but both are. Uh, Fairly good safety prospects. I'm with you on Burgess. I think what he's did in the slot this year really
0: impressed me. Because I think, and I I wrote about this recently, is like the the slot cornerback position starts in today's NFL. And finding a guy that can have an impact play from the slot, like Terrell Burgess. I think he can have impact plays from the slot. Nickelbacker,
1: like he's nickelbacker, dimebacker. Like He he can play in the box Mm -hmm. like straight up as well, too.
0: Antoine Brooks Jr. of Maryland. I, I, I haven't watched a ton of him. I think I've watched a couple of his high end, a couple of his positively graded plays, but didn't come away super impressed with Antoine Brooks. I, I don't. I don't know uh, if you watched more he, on him.
1: He's very good around the line of scrimmage. Probably the best. Uh, if you want to call him a cornerback, he played slot cornerback, but probably the best slot cornerback I've seen playing the run uh, mm-hmm. this, of anyone. Uh, you know, in college football, he is just not afraid to take on blocks, uh, not afraid to do any of that sort of stuff. But, man, in coverage, he, he's not great. Like, the thing that probably matters the most, he just does, he's a little stiff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just don't see him turning and running with guys down the football field and doing that well. Uh, and it didn't happen well when he was asked to do it this past year at Maryland. So uh, I'm not sure what you do with that. It's just a tough skill set to project when he's that good. Against the run and that physical of a player, but only 5'11", 210, like that's a weird size to be like, okay, now play linebacker. I'm not sure that's necessarily going to happen. Let's get to one of our favorites in this
0: class, a guy that we've constantly mocked at the back end of the first round, Ashton Davis of Cal, yes, a sir. speedy dude, great range. He is going to have a week at the Senior Bowl. Because there are a lot of people that don't watch Pac-12. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people that probably haven't seen Ashton Davis. He's going to play a, a ton of different things. I think he's going to really have some wow plays in Mobile.
1: Yeah, I think if you put him on man, man coverage against you know this tight end group that was pretty, uh pretty weak tight end group, I think he'll look pretty darn good. I think he's going to have himself, like you said, a week of practices. He's one of the highest graded players we have there.
0: Probably the best defensive back in the at the senior bowl is going to be christian fulton of lsu do, do you,
1: i remember in the beginning you say you don't expect him to play i don't think one. he plays a snap there man really it would be crazy to me for him to he, he's put so much on tape. another guy you just when you've put so much on tape and you've played in the sec and then you've played uh in the playoff you know against uh you know oklahoma against now uh clemson and the receivers he faced he's got nothing more to prove man
0: I'd be interested to see if his name stays on the accepted invites list as yeah. we get closer to the Senior Bowl, because I agree with you that he's done enough on tape to where a point where going to the Senior Bowl, I don't think, pushes his draft stock any higher. He only has opportunity to maybe get, get caught on a couple one-on-ones against Elijah Lipscomb, maybe. I don't know, but not, not him. But uh, I agree with you that he's put a lot on tape. All right, Aloha Gilman mm-hmm. of Notre Dame.
1: Not the best
0: athlete, I would say. I get Does that no, put, that, yeah, does that, put that lightly?
1: That's very fair. He's not a great athlete. He's... He, We've talked about him. he's a box safety mm-hmm. and, and he's fairly good in that role. But if you're asking him to play deep at all, you're just he, he doesn't have the change of direction ability or the speed that I'd feel safe about him. You know, Roman, the back half of my D. Oh, Jesus.
0: What did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> Rome in the back.
1: Move out. on to Jeff Gladney. Okay, Jeff GCC Gladney. Cornerback. Jeff
0: Gladney is awesome. awesome. I really like Jeff Gladney. In zone coverage, very instinctual, jumps on ball. I mean, he's a, he's he's yeah. an aggressive player. Gladney is is one of my favorite cornerbacks in this class. I really the,
1: do like Gladney. The biggest thing just like keeping me off being like Jeff Gladney in the first round, he's just so skinny, man. Yeah, yeah, like, he's he is fast skinny. Oh, yeah. as shit. Can so is Cameron Dancer anyone. though. I mean, Cameron Dancer yeah. also very. Skinny. Cameron Dancer super long though mm-hmm. as well. Like Gladney is just very skinny and not overly long, which yeah. like guys who are in the one eighty range at six foot just. You get sunned by by uh, oh yeah you know you're trying to go out there and guard Brandon Marshall and that's an outdated comp. You're trying to go out there and guard Julio Jones on the outside at that size he'll just slap you around. Mm-hmm. You know you just don't have any recourse. But he, I
0: level. mean I don't expect him to go to the next level and play a ton of man coverage concepts though. I, I do like him more in zone and I think that protects him a little bit. I do agree. He, I do agree he needs to put on weight. Play man, yeah yeah you got man be in the be, NFL. Yeah you got to be able to play man in the NFL. You don't want someone who can't mm-hmm. play man on the back half of your D at any point. <laughs> that, that that's kind of where I sit with him. I don't want Dar- any guy in the back half. Darn so, <laughs> R.J. Holmes of UCLA, uh, a crazy athlete. This guy is so special with his change of direction, very fast. Uh, And there are plays on tape where you're like really, really impressed with what this guy can do from a recovery standpoint, but he had to recover a lot, too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
1: He's a. a, When he bites
0: on double moves, it looks great. Oh, man, it looks great, but. uh, Dar- Darnay is very aggressive. I-, I see him talking a lot of trash. I haven't had an opportunity to talk to him, but he looks like a guy that talks yeah. trash but just based on how he plays. I think Darnay, in these one-on-ones, has an opportunity to get roasted on some of those eight-second <laughs> double moves because yeah. those are difficult to cover, and I think he's a guy that will jump on some of those things. But I also think there are going to be coaches and draft bunnets and scouts and all those things that mm-hmm. like him
1: a lot because of his athletic ability. I, I, mean, I swear he just should have come back to school. Like he, One more year... He could have played his way into the first round conversation if he grad transfers. If so he obviously graduate, if he's at the senior bowl, grad transfers to a an LSU to an yeah. Ohio State somewhere, and all of a sudden you know gets a little better coaching. That would he gone to LSU and looks better next yeah. year. I think he could have been in the first round mix, uh, but he still has the traits to like that you'd bet on, and he still has the high level reps. It's just the consistency aspect yeah. hasn't been there. And he can prove but that. But I, 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 I think I think part of consistency at the cornerback position, I think, can be coached, yeah. I, I, especially when
0: it's like a lot of it's mental. Because yeah. like he has yeah. the traits, and like, mm-hmm. like you said, I'm willing to bet on the traits. Is he coachable? Yeah. I, I think there, it, that goes back to the personality and talking to him about, hey, this is where you need to get better. Can we hone this skill mm-hmm. set in? Because we see your ceiling as something insane at the next level. Yeah. We just need to try and hone it. in. He's also smaller. He's a smaller player, like shorter guy. That I yeah, think, w- which will be tough. Troy Pride Jr. I think he has a good track. Background. He's had he had very
1: good twenty eighteen tape. Yeah. I haven't had a ton of opportunity to watch his twenty nineteen tape though. I mean, it's good tape. Again, he only allowed thirty two catches, three hundred thirty seven yards. And the thing with him is, I think he could have a big senior bowl, and he's on my list of potential risers here because, in terms of guys that can just stick in man coverage with opposing fast. wide yeah. receivers, he's be, he's as good as any cornerback in this mm-hmm. in this at the senior bowl. He has that ability. Very fluid athlete. He very doesn't get fast. Beat. Doesn't get beaten like. Torched, mm-hmm. he gets smoked at the catch point. He is <laughs> the worst cornerback also there. That in track terms background. Of Being able to play the catch point. It seemed like every single one of his catches... Uh, this season that was down the football field. He was there, but then had uh, we talked about it with AJ Terrell when your hands at the catch point and You're playing it correctly. Sometimes it doesn't matter whether it gets caught or not mm-hmm. He's not playing it correctly when a, when he gets a back shoulder fade on him or you know A post that he is in good position for he's not playing them. Well, he does not know how to locate the ball or locate the receivers hands So that to me uh, Something that needs to be improved upon but you can't coach his athleticism Nope, I agree. Uh, let's go
0: to we have a list you have a big list of risers here, potential risers that we just, could see at the senior bowl. Yeah, give me some, give me some them. of your bigger names. I'll just
1: run through them. I got I think Justin Herbert, very potential riser uh, at the quarterback position for the general public. Mm-hmm. Not for necessarily us. I think he's just going to look good there. Brandon Ayuk, the Arizona State wide receiver, I think he's going to explode there. He's going to finally run some routes where you could see if he can separate yeah. right on this t- different type of route. Juwan Jennings, uh, I think the Tennessee wide receiver, that's just because I love uh, Juwan Jennings and Jared Pinckney, both those guys I think are very good route runners, uh, Very uh, have that sort of shake that you need to be a good route runner. Josh Jones, that one's obvious, the Houston tackle, I think he has himself a week. I think Lucky Fotu shows us something as a pass rusher there when he actually gets a chance to, you know, get off, know mm-hmm. he's rushing the passer. I think he can throw some of those guards around. Zach Bond. Uh, I just think he is a very special athlete. He will show as such in the coverage drills. Same with Keem Davis-Gaither. I think they're the two uh, most athletic linebackers in attendance there. Then Jeff Gladney and Troy Pride. I-, I think they have the speed, the man coverage ability to look good when a lot of these guys might not necessarily against this receiving class.
0: I'm with you on two of those. I mean, a lot of those guys will probably rise, but two of them that I really wanted to call out were Akeem Davis-Gaither, and, and Jeff Gladney, and, the, and yeah. I have a handful here too. Michael Pittman Jr. I think has a day, has a week at the Senior Duh. Bowl. I think I think he's going to be very good. And Antonio Gibson too. I mean, I think he's going to do a lot of different things at the Senior Bowl. People are going to realize the athlete he is playing for mm-hmm. Memphis. Not a lot of people watch Memphis tape this year, but he did so many different things at Memphis. Seeing what he does at running back, what he does at receiver, I think there are going to be some guys falling in love. James Prochet I think impresses people with his route running and his his ball skills. Yeah. Uh, Bryson Hopkins, I think it have if he if he doesn't drop a pass at the Senior Bowl, he's going to probably be one of the best tight end performers at the Senior Bowl because he is that good. And the last guy, Ashton Davis. Not enough people have watched him critically. People see him as this former track star that can't hit. He's physical, He's rangy, got all the tools that you want. I think Aston Davis is another guy like, oh, man, this guy is a first-round type of player. Yeah,
1: I can get on board with those.
0: That's going to be it for the Risers. That's going to be the Senior Bowl preview. We will be live from Mobile. No, we won't be recording live, but we will be in Mobile recording podcasts, doing content, a ton of stuff for the Senior Bowl. So make sure you're following next week. But that's going to do it for the Preview Podcast. This has been Austin Gale and Mike Renner on 2 Drafts.